Hello everybody and welcome back to Journalist Talk and today we have Jess Merrick and he's a sports interpreter for News 3 Las Vegas. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to hop on with you. Yeah, of course. First of all, what I always ask to all my guests is to give us like brief biography about your life all the way up where you are now in your career. Yeah, uh, definitely. So uh, originally from Ventura, California, had played sports my whole life, uh, played college football at Azusa Pacific University, a uh, Division II school. And that's kind of the timeline of where my you know love for sports came about. And then while I was at Azusa Pacific, uh, you know, I, I started studying broadcast journalism and wanted to find a way to break into the industry. And so I started working at a couple stations in town, but was at ABC7 in Los Angeles for about two years. Uh, working in multiple roles, and then uh, I finally got my first break. Got a job in Grand Junction, Colorado, where I was the sports anchor, the weekend sports anchor there for two years. Loved it. Covered a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and then from there, went to Huntsville, Alabama, as the sports director, and I was there for two years. Same deal. A lot of stuff. I, you know, not an area that I ever expected I would want to live or that I would live, but enjoyed every minute of it. Got to cover a couple national championships. Uh, with the University of Alabama, and that was pretty cool for a kid from California to see how football is done in the South. And then from there, I uh, got a job out here in Las Vegas, uh, where I've been for the last three and a half years covering all things Vegas sports, which is a lot more than I think a lot of people and even myself uh, thought. You know, there's so much that comes to town here, and now it's growing in such a scale. It's pretty crazy. There's no other sports market like it uh, in terms of the different teams and stuff that keep popping up and keep moving out here. But, you know, primarily for us, it's the Golden Knights and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders in the NFL. What do you cover there? What all of the, those sports are? I know you cover football right hockey sometimes that i see on social media yeah yeah cover a little bit of everything honestly uh you know football and hockey are our number two just because are our top two because those are you know the big things we do out here but uh you know for the most part too we cover basketball because we have uh the las vegas aces uh the WNBA team out here on top of that we also have unlv you know and their program is one that's a you know a storied program it's kind of fallen on tough times over the last handful of years as been in like a middle of the road team but you know, one that the fans are still very passionate about. So, uh, you know, basketball, again, big for us. Vegas is a big basketball town. Uh, we cover baseball. I mean, to be completely honest, we cover a little bit of everything because uh, there's just so much out here. But then on top of that, UFC, boxing, all the different events that come into town for that. Formula One is coming here soon. We actually just got a major league lacrosse team. You know, I mean, uh, it's pretty wild. On top of that, a G League team is now going to be moving out here. Uh, for next year, so we're going to be covering professional basketball in that sense as well. It's just kind of one thing after another, more and more teams just continue to pop up out here. And do you have something that you consider your favorite to cover, and which reason would that be? Yeah, definitely football for me, you know, uh, just having the history with playing in college and, you know, that sport just being, you know, my favorite uh, of all the ones that I've ever, you know, played, covered, whatever it is. I grew up in a baseball family, you know, so baseball was my first love, but as soon as I started playing football, uh, and I remember, honestly, when I was a kid, uh, I started playing the Madden video games and was, you know, enthralled with football. I loved it, and it kind of latched on, and, and that's where, the, you know, the, the love affair with football kind of really took off, you know, became what it is today. But, yeah, football is my favorite one to cover. I love covering all sports, but, you know, football is at the top of my list, uh, especially the NFL. I really enjoyed covering college football mm -hmm. when I was in Alabama, but uh, I've realized that I can cover the NFL and also still maintain being a fan of the NFL, whereas when I covered college football, it was a little harder for me to still kind of hold on to being a fan. Uh, so now, you know, covering the NFL, I'm able to watch college football purely as a fan, so I love that aspect of it. And which one is at the bottom of your list? 
Uh, bottom of the list. Ooh, man, that's a tough one. Let's see. I, I and I don't mean this as a knock on any of the teams that I cover. I've just never been a big soccer guy. Um, oh. you know, that's that's not my. I know. I, I know you're a soccer <laughs> fan. I know we've talked before. Uh, you know, for me, I, I just I. You know, it's never been a sport that's been very big in my life, but uh, I do, I still enjoy covering it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not bought into it, I think, as, as much as, you know, some other people that have played and other people that are fans. But with that, I'm able to kind of enjoy the moments that I do cover it because I don't do it as often. We just had some massive soccer matches that came out here in Vegas, actually. You know, it was just cool to see the atmosphere with those things. And that's more so what I appreciate with that. Just simply because I don't have the experience having played soccer and growing up in a, you know, yeah. a, a soccer family. <laughs> Like yeah, I am super soccer, as you yeah. as you as you know. But yeah, I even got a little late because my mom sent me like some jerseys from Manchester City. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, yeah, I can, I can appreciate it for what it is. Like I yeah. said, it's just it's one of those of, of like the major sports out there. You know, one of the ones that I just haven't been able to get into to to follow it. You know, religiously, like I do a lot of the other sports. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. So I was gonna ask, you have like any plans to cover the World Cup or like since you are not that close to soccer, so? Oh, I mean, I would I would love to cover those events. Don't get me wrong, you know, just just and when I say I don't enjoy it, like I, I mean, it's more so at the bottom of my list of like, you know, if I'm like, oh, hey, I want to go cover this, you know, but like I still enjoy covering the event that those uh, matches are and things like that. So for me, covering a World Cup would be incredible because that's something you know, that's up there, you know, in terms of a massive event, you know, like the Super Bowl, like the World Series, the NHL, you know, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, all those different things like that. Like, that's an event that would be awesome. I have a couple friends that have gone as fans, and they've said how incredible it is. So that's one I, I definitely would want to check off the list for sure. Again, I, I wouldn't know as much as I do about many of the other sports <laughs> that I cover, but I would love to cover something like that. Yeah, I always I always told my mom that I would be graduated by the time to cover the World Cup twenty twenty two. But here I am. I, I'm I'm not I'm not working right now. I'm just like doing that and applying for my masters, but maybe the next one. <laughs> maybe yeah, you the got next time. one. They come around every couple of years too, so you yeah. <laughs> you feel up more opportunities. And I think the next one's gonna be here in the United States, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. The the upcoming one is there's a bunch of sites. Uh we thought Vegas was gonna get one for a while, but it didn't end up getting it, so Well, I'm gonna be closer to cover <laughs> that one. Yeah. yeah, I saw on uh our post at the RTDNA the last time that we interviewed you maybe like a year and a half ago uh -huh. and you were a sports news anchor and reporter at the place that you are now and right now your bio on Instagram says that you are a sports interpreter is yeah, there any difference or is just like a different name for the same job no it's just me trying to be funny uh you know i uh, saying that i interpret sports for people it's it's my job my title is still sports reporter or sports anchor you know it's just me being different and trying to be funny oh know? there you go um, yeah to say same job <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> what would you say that it's the best story you covered in the past two years now with covid honestly i think just like with the thing like during covid all of that stuff when it was going on we were talking to so many people when sports just weren't even going on you know, and uh, what people were doing, and specifically here in Vegas, you know, around the country, really, as it's become legalized in a lot of cities, but uh, sports gambling, you know, that was one thing is a lot of people out here in Vegas, obviously, was the first place to legalize it, uh, you know, in the U.S., and so there were so many people that are 
avid sports gamblers and when there wasn't games going on you know they didn't know what to do and so i talked to a friend of mine out here who works she's a uh, works in gambling she's a professional gambler talks about it all, all the time her name's kelly uh i like it on her last name but her kelly in vegas is what she goes by and you know we talked to her about you know what she was gambling on and i remember her telling me that they were finding you know like russian table tennis or nicaraguan soccer you know that was still going on during the pandemic and sports that they knew, you know, nothing about. And I mean, obviously they understand soccer, but they didn't know anything about the teams, the players, all that stuff. And so they're calling people up in these countries, trying to learn as much as they possibly can. And I remember she jokingly said, you know, about the Russian table tennis. She's like, I don't know who's who, but I'm just going with the guy whose name sounds like the vodka. Because, <laughs> like, you know, that, that was her, her line on, like, how to do it. You know, So that was one, honestly, that stuck out to me. But there were so many great stories, you know, throughout the pandemic and stuff that, uh, you know, I covered just trying to figure out, you know, how people were getting by. We talked to another player, uh, Nick Kingham. He's a guy with uh, ties to Vegas who went and was playing Taiwanese baseball. And for him, you know, his story about going out there, he actually missed, uh, or no, Korean baseball. Sorry, he was in the Korean baseball league. He missed COVID and a lot of the lockdowns in the U.S. because he was leaving right as all that was happening here. And when he got to Korea, things were kind of being lax because their numbers were moving up. But for him, he was one of the few people that was playing professional baseball at that time in the world, you know, and, and for him and what that experience was like. And he started on opening day as ESPN picked up the coverage of that to try and you know get people to be able to watch some sports, you know, and that was just such a big thing for him. So that was another one that stuck out after that, covering all the different sports that we cover with COVID protocols and all the different things and the hoops that everyone had to jump through, you know, in order to stay healthy, uh, to get things done. And, and much like we're doing this, doing things on zoom, you know, that became such a normal part of, uh, of our lives, you know, that before it was always like, well, how the heck would we do this if we can't sit down and interview people? But now the industry has changed and, and zoom is, you know, accepted as a way to do a lot of interviews and things like that. And it, so it's expanded the industry in that sense too, and allowed people to do a lot more stuff virtually. Yeah, I feel like people didn't think virtual meetings would be, like, credible yeah. for information for some reason. But right now, it's totally normal. We've been doing this for two years now. And even for small things like the club, my podcast is so small. It's very interesting to see, like, how we are we adapted to this online system. And now we are going out of it. But at the same time, like, we kind of prefer it. Because, yeah. no, you know, it's, it's you can be at the comfort of your house and I can be at mine and it's still like an interview. Yeah, yeah. It's become the norm a, a lot more. Like you said, people are, prefer it because it's, it makes things easier, you know. And think about how many people that aren't in our industry that are now working remotely that had never done that before, you know. And, and uh, it, it is crazy. That's one of those things where, you know, we lived through and, you know, and are still kind of coming out of a pandemic here that is going to go down in history for changing you know, so many things about the way that the world, you know, operates and stuff like that. That's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the lasting impact that it's had. Hopefully some po like positives that we can pull out of it later on. And that's where the virtual aspect of a lot of things maybe kind of took that next step. I personally, though, you can't replace, you know, face to face, you know, being with somebody. But man, in place of it, this is as good as it gets you know, for stuff like this to be able to do interviews and things like that. Yeah, for the first season of my podcast, I only did uh, online interviews because it was still last year, so people were more afraid than they are right yeah. now. And it was so different when I had my first face-to-face -face interview. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's so much more fun. It, it's different because I was even talking to one of my guests is 
the connection that you have with your guest is different through Zoom and in person. And I feel like this also counts in journalism when you're interviewing someone for like a story or something. That's true. Because it makes it harder to, you know, you, you can only read so much emotions through a camera, you know? It's different when you can see and you can read more of the nonverbals and things like that when someone's right in front of you, you know, and the interaction is a bit more immediate, you know, or you don't have to rely on quick Wi-Fi or <laughs> things like that, you know, to make sure that it all works out uh, or like, you know, the battery on your phone or computer dying. But yeah, being in person, it, it is wild because essentially we're doing the same thing we would if we were in person, but it's wild how, you know, our brains process things differently when the person's sitting right in front of you. Yeah, I feel like there's more pressure when you are with someone yeah. in person. That's just like interesting how we change it, everything that we knew to something new. I wanted to ask, how hard was to become like a sports journalist? Because I feel like it's one of the most competitive areas of journalism. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, because if you think about it, you know, for, for even just for people in the field of journalism, you know, at most stations, they probably have, let's say, at minimum, five news reporters, but it's anywhere from five to 10, 15, some large stations, 20 of them. If you look at the weather department, usually there's at the very least four to five of them as well. Because you have your morning crew, your evening crew, your weekend crew, and you know, weekend mornings as well. So around four people or so in that department. Whereas in sports, you know, most local TV stations in particular, only gonna have two. Some of them only have one, you know, and in small markets, it's usually two. Uh, there are some large markets out there that only have one. It's it's pretty rare nowadays to find a station that has three different people or more in a sports department. I can only count a few that I know of that still have, you know, three or more. One, in the numbers game, you're already fighting against that. And two, like, let's be honest, like, it's sports. It's fun, you know? So a lot of people want to do it. So you're, you're competing against so many more people for so much less jobs and opportunities that are out there. But having said that, you know, there's so many different avenues to go. You don't need to go the local TV news route to get it. You can start a podcast. You can do something on YouTube. You can create your own thing. You can do a blog. I mean, there's so many opportunities and ways to do it, especially if you want to do it in, like, the visual medium with video and things like that. I tell people all the time, like you're doing right now, if you want to be in, you know, in, in the sports business or whatever business it is, that it's a media business, start your own thing while you can and do that part of it. And then that's going to give you the reps of interviewing people and, being on camera and doing all that stuff. It is a very, very competitive field. It took me a long time to get my first opportunity on air, uh, two years to be exact, you know, I graduated. And, you know, part of that is because I was working on my reel and working on myself, but I was also being a little more picky. You know, I didn't want to just go to any market. I wanted to make sure it was the right market for me. But two years is a long time, you know, I know a lot of, a lot of people that graduated and had a job waiting for them were, they graduated, worked for a month or two, and then got their first on-air job. You know, for me, that wasn't the case. And I'm honestly happy that it wasn't because looking back in hindsight, it helped me learn, you know, so much more of the business from behind the scenes before I started doing it on-air. And then after that, everyone tells you, oh, the hardest part is getting the first job. Well, that's not exactly true <laughs> because as you continue to move up and try and get more jobs, there's still just as many people trying to do it and trying to get that job and even less opportunities because obviously as you climb the ladder, you're going to want and you're going to try to, uh, you know, take a bigger job. And those are the things where I think it's easy to, to gloss over that and, and miss those opportunities because there are so many people that are trying to get those jobs. Yeah. And why do you think, especially in sports journalism, there is less opportunity than any other area? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just because uh, stations, uh, you know, in the local news area, 
aren't willing to invest um, in sports, you know, widely across the board. Usually that's the first thing to go uh, when layoffs happen and things like that. Our, our station in particular had three sports people when we went through layoffs, but they got rid of uh, our, our third person in our apartment. And I've seen it happen in a lot of different markets at other stations. You know, sports is usually one of the first things to go because I think a lot of them, I think they're wrong for this, but they don't think that sports is a driver for getting people to tune in or that there's not money to be made there. However, I think it's one of the very untapped areas that, that local news is missing out on uh, that they can sell from an ad standpoint, from sales and whatnot to do that. And so I think that's one reason why you know it, it's it's not invested in, and so there's not as many opportunities there. But again, just because there's so many people that want to do it, you know that 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 makes it tough. You know, there's there's a lot of people that obviously want to be news reporters and weather anchors and things like that, and are entertainment reporters, whatever it is. But sports is one of those things where it draws so many people in that it's a very popular field for people in the in the media business to get into. So again, it's that numbers game of so many people but so few opportunities uh, because some stations aren't willing to invest. Yeah, to be honest, I started in journalism because I wanted to do sports journalism. But yeah. then it was like in Brazil, it's already hard being a woman journalist wanting to do sports. You get into school when everybody tells you you're not going to get it or something like that. And so I kind of stopped dreaming a little about sports journalism. I keep watching games and stuff because it's like something that it's interesting to me. But at the same time, I feel like I found myself doing not news also, but more entertainment. Like this yeah. is kind of like a host show. It, it, it's fun. I like to do this podcast and I can talk about like any area of journalism that I want because... I can interview a lot of people about it. Exactly. That opens the field of, you know, people you can pull from to talk to. And that's the thing is like not limiting it to just sports or just news or just entertainment, whatever it is. It lets you to dive into so many topics. And like, let's be honest too, like you, me, all these different people that you can talk to, like we're more than just a sports journalist or just a news reporter, whatever it is. You know, there's so much more to it where we all have much more interests. And so that allows you to tap into a lot of your other interests and, you never know where that'll lead you in a podcast or, or with all of this stuff, you know, so that makes it a lot more exciting, I think. Yeah, I feel like this podcast, I want to talk more about the careers, but I end up meeting even more like the people that I'm interviewing. I interviewed some of my professors and the whole time that I was interviewing, I was shocked with so many new information and nice stuff that the professor does because we just yeah. know like the person that is teaching you for like an hour every day and that's it but mm -hmm. it's really really fun and doing this it's something that you always wanted to do being a journalist talking about sports or you had another dream in your life uh, I mean when I was growing up I didn't really you know I wasn't one of those kids that was like I knew exactly what I was gonna do you know at a super young age um, I think even when I got to college I had an idea of what I wanted to do um, you know going in my freshman year but I wasn't like completely sold on it you know when I first started I was still trying to kind of figure that out I went in with the major with, of my so my school didn't have broadcast journalism we had uh, communication studies and I had an emphasis in media studies at the time and later added a journalism minor uh, later on in my career, uh, or in my college career, I guess you could say. But, you know, I always kind of knew that was the, the, the area I wanted to go. But for me, honestly, growing up, I always knew I wanted to be in sports in some way. Obviously, as a young kid, your dream is to be a professional athlete. You know, who wouldn't want to do that job? You get paid a ton of money to play a game, you know, that you love. And, uh, you know, that lifestyle that comes with it. But I learned very quickly that uh, 
that wasn't going to happen for me, which is fine. And so I was like, okay, how do I stay in sports? You know, and for me, I, I enjoy, you know, one covering sports, but telling cool stories, you know, as it pertains to sports and athletes and stuff. And this is an opportunity to do just that. And so that's kind of what led me to it. And I think once I really got a taste of it, um, you know, again, I, I, from my freshman year on, I was always like working towards, hey, I'm going to be a sports journalist. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until the summer of my junior year that I was able to get my first internship because back then, now this isn't the case. Kids get internships at like any age, but you know, a lot of stations um, wouldn't let you come on as an intern until you were a junior. So for me, my, the summer of my junior year, I had my first internship at Fox 11. And it was the most basic inter internship in the world. I didn't leave the station. I didn't get to go to games or anything like that. All I did was sit there and log games and help produce and watch the sports segment. But I was hooked from that moment on. I mean, I, I as soon as I got to do that, I was like, this is what I want to do. I can't wait. And then I got my first internship at ABC7. And they let me go out to the games and interview people and do all those things. The first night I was doing it, I got to interview Kobe. And it just kind of ignited that fire even more in me to want to go do this. And so really since then until now, I've been you know chasing that dream of, of you know, continue to push the limit and do that. And now that I'm in it, you know, I, I love my job. But I think now for me, I, I would love at some point to transition to more of a play-by-play -play role uh, at live games because, you know, I've, I've noticed as much as I love what I do now and as enjoyable as it is for me, the thing that I really love is being at the games, the energy that you get from it, you know. So that's something I, I'm trying to position myself to create opportunities for myself to, uh, you know, do some play-by-play -play and, and build a reel in that sense to see where that could take me. Oh, that's very, very nice. You kind yeah. of answered, like, my next question, which would be, like, what future plan do you have <laughs> for your career? But you kind of answered that, and uh, I was wondering if you have, like, any advice for journalists that are coming out right now, like, they're getting into college, uh, how college can help them, or, like me, graduate now and looking for jobs. Because you're already in the, in the area, and you've spent two years trying to get, like, the right place for you. I mean, I would say that you have a successful career so far, so you did something right <laughs> along those lines. I'm, I'm still figuring some things out, but I've, I've definitely learned a lot over the years. And honestly, you know, uh, before, you, before you're graduating, um, you know, I would take advantage of any and all reps you can possibly get with things like this, like a podcast or doing those things or practicing you know, a uh, lot, not, you can obviously can't do live shots unless you have a local show that you do or things like that, but just practicing doing stand-ups or whatever it is that you want to do, practice that, do it on your own, whether it's in the mirror or in a setting like this where you post things on YouTube, Spotify, whatever the heck it is. And then, you know, when people are, when you're looking for a job, you know, you figure out what makes you different from everyone. Because again, this is a competitive field and there's so many people that want to do this, you got to figure out something that makes you different, that separates you from the pack. You know, if you're doing the same thing that everybody else is doing, you're probably doing it wrong. Everything shouldn't look the same. So figure out what makes you different and, and really exemplify that would be my advice to, you know, people coming out. And then also to just stay the course and stick with it. It's so hard uh, to get into the business. So a lot of people can get discouraged. You know, again, it was me for two years looking for my first job in Grand Junction. And then when I left Grand Junction, looking for my next job in Huntsville. And then when I left Huntsville, I was unemployed for six months before I got this job uh, here in Vegas now. And so it was one of those things where it would have been very easy for me to just leave and start doing something else. I don't knock anybody for doing it. We've all got a life that we got to live and mouth we got to feed. People got to figure out a way to get a paycheck. But uh, I think for me, a big reason why I've outlasted some of my peers is 
simply because I've kept going. And if this is really what anyone wants to do, you have to keep going and keep grinding and, you know, work the extra hours, whatever it is. And as cliche as all that is, like, that's what's going to give you the staying power in this because there's too many people out there that say they're willing to do the work, but really won't. Uh, you know, so if you're someone that is willing to do the work and willing to push through all the no's, it's eventually going to happen. Just keep going, you know, whoever it is that wants to do this. That would be like the same advice that you're going to take to get to the next step in your career that you want. Just like keep pushing and doing whatever you have to do, extra hours, study a little more if you have to. That's the thing. I mean, look, no matter what it is you're learning or trying to get, like if, it, if it's easy, then everybody would do it. You know what I mean? I mean, we'd have millions of sports anchors out there if it were if it were an easy thing to do or easy thing to get into you know it's like learning a different language you know that's obviously hard you're not just gonna all of a sudden figure it out in a week you know it takes time and uh you know so that this is no different where i think you know people need to continue working on their craft and things like that as well for me even uh in the business i've been doing this now on air since 2012 so 10 years or well i've been I graduated in 2012 from college. I didn't start on air until 2014. So eight years that I've been on air now, which makes me feel old saying that. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm still continuing to grow. There's still things that I work on when I'm on TV. I'll go back and watch something that I did, and I'm like, oh, man, that wasn't very good. I need to do this instead. Or, you know, oh, this was good. This is why it was good. There's so many different things. And, uh, you know, I, I'm now going to start doing a little more uh, storytelling at work. And, uh, you know, that's not something that I've, done in a while I, i've done it in the past and i've done it very well i think and you know other people that i've interviewed with have really loved my storytelling and that's something that i'm gonna have to figure out to, uh that muscle again how to flex that muscle and and start doing those things you know because it's all it's all different uh, there's so many different aspects to this business and so there's always something to work on that continued improvement is what one keeps you in the business and two um, you know, keeps moving forward and getting more opportunities. Yeah, I agree. And just like to end our conversation, I have one last question. You talked about like people starting their own thing, uh, a podcast, a blog or whatever it is that they want to start. Would you consider doing like some of these things right now, like a podcast, like just a show for you or something on YouTube, even though you're already like in the in the field? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, I actually, so right now, one of the things that I do on the side is I actually have a podcast with the Las Vegas Raiders during training camp as they're preparing for their season ahead. So I've partnered with them on that one. It's a nine episode series that we do. Uh, and then when that's done, I hop on their podcast a lot. I do a lot of radio hits out here. Uh, I'll join a lot of people that I know in the business doing radio. One of the other things that I would like to do is, is get into radio and start doing that along with what I do, you know, on air in the sports sense too. So I'm always looking for opportunities like that and, you know, trying to jump on and start those things. And so that's why, you know, again, I partner with the Raiders and things like that. So I, I do, I do many podcasts. I don't have one that's just mine, but yeah, I, I hop on there and, and do a lot uh, with them. And I think at some point, you know, that is something my boss and I are trying to start uh, doing. We, we did it for a while. We were told to stop until we could really get it hammered into to be able to brand it and do it right, which I totally understand. And I think at some point we will be doing a, a podcast that's that's our own thing because I think that's a viable thing and it's fun. You know, my boss and I do it a lot. We'll, we do a segment called Beyond the Three. Well, you know, our station is called Channel Three, so it's like Beyond the Three or you know of our station. And uh, you know, my boss and I basically just chop it up about all things sports and. You get to have your opinion. You get to be yourself, you know, because a lot of times when you're doing sports on TV, you only have this short amount of time. You have like a minute and a half to, 
two and a half, three minutes if you're lucky to tell whatever story it is you're trying to tell or to be able to wrap up this game or whatever the heck it is. I mean, if you're covering a game, you usually only have like 35 to 45 seconds worth of highlights to wrap up this entire game. That's not enough time to really dive into what happens. So a podcast or a different show that you create on YouTube allows you infinite amount of time to be able to dive into that. And so that's what's really appealing to me because one of the things that I don't like about this business is that lack of time, especially for sports in a local newscast. You're not given the time to dive into things, I think, the way that you should be able to. And so that's what's super appealing to me about radio, podcasts, digital shows, things like that, is there's no time limit. So you have a half hour to an hour or however the heck long you want to make your show to dive into everything that you want to and really get your thoughts out there. And that, that part's definitely appealing. Yeah, I feel like this media side, uh, radio, podcast, and digital media, it's way more appealing nowadays like today everybody has a podcast mm-hmm. i open my instagram one day and every artist that i follow oh i have a podcast right now i have one also yeah. and i think it's like it's kind of a trend but if you take a like not that people don't take it serious but if you take like in a professional uh way it's something very interesting because people can listen to it uh whenever they can or for how long they can even though it's like a two-hour show you can Listen half an hour here and half an hour later. And yeah. it's a very interesting part of journalism. Uh, I started journalism thinking that I was going to do print. And then I started doing more TV. And I was like, oh, TV is fun. And then I worked for our radio station last semester and started a podcast. And I was like, okay, so I think I finally found my, my niche. Yeah, it's it's exactly. a nice part of journalism right now to have all this creative freedom. Yeah. There's so many more avenues and ways to do it now than there was, you know, when I was coming out. Podcasting wasn't really a thing, you know. Even social media wasn't as big as it is now. I remember uh, when I was a junior, when I had that first internship at Fox 11, uh, Liz Habib, who was the sports anchor there, she forced me to get a Twitter account because I didn't have one. She had to now, to me, looking back, I'm like, wow, I didn't have a Twitter. It's just weird. You know, I, I couldn't do my job without uh, a Twitter account. And so that's one of those things is it's wild how fast things change. And that's where I think, too, another thing for advice to anybody listening to this about where they want to go and how they want to get into business, figure out whatever that next thing is. You know, again, like you said, everyone has a podcast and that's super available. But find out whatever that next thing is that's going to blow up and be one of the first people to do it because then you can really be on that ground up when it skyrockets. And that's that's how you end up making a name for yourself in this business. There's so many people. Now it's you, you kind of get lost in the shuffle of so many podcasts out there, uh, you know, unless you're able to do something that's really going to draw people in. Uh, you know, so finding out whatever that next thing is, is huge. So if you figure out whatever that is, you let, you let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm going to start doing it too. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll do it first, but then uh, I'll let you in. I'll let you in. No yeah, worries. Yeah. yeah. And so I just wanted to wrap up and say thank you so much, Jesse, for coming here today. It was really nice to talk to you and catch up after one year and a half without interviewing you for every semester. <laughs> That we have the club. <laughs> oh, of course. I always always love hopping on with you guys. And like I said, I'm, I'm always down to hop on with the class, too. I like talking to everybody as they come up. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, of course. And for everybody listening, thank you for listening to my podcast. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.